Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nethling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. And the goal of this podcast is to bring guests and topics that will empower you to grow as a confident leader and take your business or your life to that next level. I'm pleased to bring my guest today, Jeannie Moravitz. See, I told you I would miss Moravitz. You Moravitz Smith. So Jeannie is a founder of Dynamism Leadership former HR-RX, you'll have to explain what that was, a leadership mindset and organization development consulting firm established in 2005. Prior to becoming the CEO, she held executive leadership roles at a variety of different organizations. Now, over three decades three decades of personal and professional experience, she has helped thousands of leaders learn how to take charge of the catabolic thoughts and feelings that control their mindset and replace with the anabolic energy. Jeannie holds certifications in leadership coaching, energy leadership, and human management as well as a master's of science degree in human resources. Jeannie's clients state that she's helped them embrace their relationships, both personally and professionally with themselves and others to enhance connection, attract, retain top talent and make massive profits. Our theme for today is going to be mindset of the successful leader which I think she could probably talk about. Please welcome Jeannie Moravitz-Smith. Nice job, Vicki. Thanks for having me. Such an impressive bio. My goodness. I'm very <laughs> interested to hear um, what is HR desk? Was that the former name of the of diamond is diamond? Yes, when, I, when I started, so I have been in um, the human centric field for three decades. <laughs> I find it extremely hard to believe because I'm only 29. I How know. is that possible? How could it be? And yet, you know, my resume has the, you know, the dates are there. So, <laughs> so in 2005, I went out on my own after climbing the corporate ladder in HR and started my own consulting business. And mm. I, while I was doodling, trying to find my self-employed health benefits, <laughs> HR, RX, HR, RX, because I was like, it's HR. And then I'm like, do I really need prescription coverage on my self-employed oh. benefits? And then it just stuck. But I'll tell you, for 16 years, I functioned very successfully as HRX, 
but a lot of people sent me things thinking I was a pharmacy. And that's not necessarily why I changed the name. Last year, I decided to change the name to Dynamism Leadership. I was adding a group of certified coaches and consultants to the team. And mm-hmm. we did more than just the HR function. Uh, so you're mentioning like the mindset of a leader. There's more to that. So yeah. I, I came up with the word dynamism and I really wanted just dynamism. And there's a company in another state that runs 3D printers. Uh, and they have they have taken the name. So I added leadership to it. And that's where we are today. I think it's probably stronger having leadership there because it's more telling. Perfect. That works out great. Well, we start with easy question. What part of the country are you living in? What do you call home? I am in San Diego, California. I love San Diego. I have lived here now for quite some time. I grew up in Los Angeles and I moved down here to finish my undergrad and I stayed. San Diego mm. is so nice. Not I rarely nice. even drive two hours north to visit LA, to be honest. Mm. I love San Diego. Yeah, I worked for UPS and we had bought MBE, became the UPS store. And I was in that um, rollout of, of that chain. And so I got to spend two weeks every month in San Diego. Oh, and you did not dislike that trip. No, it was wonderful. People in San Diego are very, very nice. Felt like home away from home. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love it. Mm -hmm. So let's get to what we're really here to talk about. The mindset of the successful leader. What impact does your work have on the world today? I like to say that my goal is to change the world of work one leader at a time. Good idea. Mm -hmm. And again, looking back at the three decades that I've worn, I've seen a lot. I mean, I used (laughs) to work when women wore pantyhose with dresses, like pantyhose. They even make them anymore. So uh, I certainly don't wear them. Um, I'm sorry, I still do, but I'm I'm much older than you are. (laughs) No, you probably aren't. Um, Tights. I go with tights. But um, pantyhose ran too much. I had to carry the nail polish (laughs) to pick them up. Okay. Some of the youngers, and I'm going to call, well, I'll call you the newbies into the work world. You don't even know what that is, what we had to go through. Anyway, I experienced a lot of leadership challenges that didn't have to be. They just didn't have to be the way that they were. I agree. And a lot of people I know in the work world complain about, I'm going to call them the newbies again, the, the workforce that's coming in in their 20s, that these individuals, what their expectations are. And the reality is there were a few of us decades ago had that same expectation. Yeah, I, agree. I agree. But it people were... It was frowned upon to raise your hand and call BS where BS was. Mm -hmm. It was was frowned upon to speak up when you saw like, hey, what? what? This doesn't make sense. Why are we treating people this way? (laughs) I was that person. I was that HR person who would say, no, I don't know. I don't know. Can you handle the truth? Because I think that's why you're asking me, because Mm -hmm. you want to know the reality here. You don't want. But there was so much of lip service taking place. People would just tell their leader, their CEO, what they wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. 
And then they would go home all stressed out because, oh, this is not really who I am at the core. The beauty of today's work world, the expectations are people are going to show up their whole self, Mm -hmm. who they are. And if you don't like it, they're ghosting you. They're silent quitting, right? They're just, they're just like, you know what? It doesn't feel right. I'm not doing it. Mm -hmm. If that, if we did that back then, so (laughs) I would, I would call it out. I would say, you know, it doesn't feel right. I'm not doing it, but this is why. And then I try to make the changes, Mm -hmm. which is why in 2005, I was like, I think I can have a bigger impact if I am a consultant. Cause so, you know, remember Mm -hmm. when you, you might be the head of your department, but if they bring in a consultant, that consultant knows just a little bit more than you Mm -hmm. do, which did they really you know, so not too, never mind. I won't go yeah, there. I know. I know we could go on for days. So I like to think that the work that dynamism leadership does is changing the work world one leader at a time. And I'm teaching people how to show up the way that they really want to, mm-hmm. to impact the way they lead. And mm-hmm. that's going to stop the financial bleed of high um, turnover and low employee engagement. It's going to get people really wanting to feel or really feeling like they're adding value again and helping leaders let their staff know that they are valued. Yeah. Because they don't communicate Mm -hmm. in the good stuff. Yeah. So that's really where the core of the work is to helping leaders better communicate and connect with themselves so they can connect with others. Yeah. Otherwise you can't even build that relationship. Yeah. That's where your what you do and what I do are so tied together. You know, I looked at leadership and the confidence, but I also help the communication piece, you know, and and there are a lot of people that don't know how to do that. They they just don't it. And I think the younger, that's why I work with the youth all the time, because the younger ones are so used to going like this and they have no idea how to have a conversation? Well, you, I think with the confidence piece, when that is built, then people can look you in the yeah. eye and talk to you and, and also bring up the bad news. Mm-hmm. You know, growing yeah. up in that type of HR world that I did for all those years, people come, I'd get, I'd get the instructions to tell so-and-so that they smell. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Okay, well, so I've never done this before, you know, something as simple as that. And so I would have to sit someone down. And luckily, I was raised the way I was. My mom told me you treat everyone with dignity and respect. I was raised that the janitor is equally as important as the CEO. People talk that talk that game now, but I really did. That's Mm -hmm. how that's the walk that I walked. Like I knew as much about the janitor's family as Mm -hmm. I did this. And he deserved a red carpet treatment too. Yeah, You know, everybody sure. does. They're value, valuable in the organization. And so, yeah, I would have to have those tough conversations. And mm-hmm. I think for me, being the youngest of six kids, I did have a little bit higher confidence level because you sort of had to go for it. Because yeah. if you didn't go for it as a sixth child, you didn't get it. <laughs> You name it. Yeah. I was six donuts and my brother ate the one so fast. He's going for the second. I didn't even get a chance to get mine yet. Right. (laughs) So not that that has confidence, but I think when you start having those deep conversations with people, you can talk about everything. It's how you do it. Mm -hmm. And then when that person didn't like throw the tape chair at you or the table at you or 
you know, accuse you of something, then it builds confidence, right? Yeah. That's, you know, one of the things I teach is it's not a lot of times what you say as much as how you say it. And, and that is not only orally, but, you know, how you say it when you write it in those texts, in those and emails. your body language. And yes. All of that. All of it all comes of it. into play. All of it. Yeah. 100%. And tone. I mean, think about mm. the tone. Tone in emails. You have to be mm. so careful. But tone in any communication between two people, it shoots down the, the whole conversation. So you're right. So you started to talk a little bit about how you got started in, uh, in 2005. Did you just kind of walk away or did you have something in the works so that you could sort of slip into it? How was, how did that all happen? Um, good question. So I had been thinking about it for a while. I worked with a lot of software developers and they would work from home mm-hmm. and I'm like, why can't I work from home? Yeah. I'd like to work from home one day and not have to like drive into work. Yep. And my CEO at the time would say, well, you're the people person. You have to be where the people are. Oh, I and heard I that thought, before. <laughs> I thought, huh, right? FaceTime. You have to get the FaceTime. Mm-hmm. You have to be here. It's so hilarious to me now because after 2020, almost every job is remote. Look at us. Look, we you can speak to people around the world the yes. same way. Mm-hmm. There is something to be said about human-human interact. I mean, in Absolutely. person, I guess mm-hmm. it's called, we're doing virtual, virtual reality and reality. Reality is us in the same mm-hmm. room together, physically able to touch if we wanted to. Um, so I had been contemplating, like, how could I do that? Yeah. What could I do? And then I had a financial advisor who was a father figure type to me. My father had been killed by a drunk driver. And so oh, this wow. man, Joey, who has since passed away too, he would be like, I don't understand. Why don't you do that? Of course you can go out on your own. Why not? You know, coupled with my mom always telling me you can do anything you set your mind mm-hmm. to. So I, we w- worked for a smaller software company in San Diego here that was bought out by a larger company in the Bay Area. So I was commuting to San Francisco quite a bit. And there was an opportunity for me to add my name to the layoff list because we were cutting people. And when mm-hmm. you are in human resources, you can, you get, you're privy to that information ahead of time. So I asked to be eliminated, <laughs> asked to be eliminated. I know that says my position to be eliminated mm-hmm. and it, it would have worked out fine because they could have just brought someone from the Bay area to come down to San Diego every once in a while, rather than me go up there because the majority of my responsible employees were in the Bay area. Right. There was less in San Diego. So I asked to be laid off. And so that was what happened January 5th of 2005. And then the rest is history. I I got a phone call from someone telling me that there was a company just literally a mile away from my my home and they needed HR. And so I went on the interview and they wanted to hire me. And I said, but I'm not a W-2 anymore. So this is what I recommend for listeners. If you want something, don't waver. Like if Mm -hmm. you made up your mind, I got myself laid off. Now I'm going to go in an interview. I can immediately get another job. No, I'm a consultant. I will give you a, I will do a W9, not a W4 for a W2, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm a W9 employee 
business to B2B. And they're like, okay. So they were my first client. So that's something I coach a lot of people on one-on-one in my yeah. career coaching is figure out what you want, figure out how to get there and don't waver because that's really what you want. And what happens right. is something easy comes along. Oh, here's another paycheck. I'll just go take it. Right. And that's not, if you, that's not going to make you happy. I had to revert back to why did I decide to leave in the first place? Yeah. I wanted the flexibility. I wanted the freedom in my schedule. I wanted to be able to stay in my pajamas all day if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Not that I do, but if I wanted to, right? Yeah. I think that's what's making it so difficult for businesses to, you know, get back and running as they were because they're, people spend two years and they found out, hey, I can do this from home and uh, why I don't want to come in every day. You know, when I took a contract job back at my company um, for project management, it was like, here's my list of things that I'll accept. And if you don't want to do that, then I'm not going to do it. And they, of course, took it. But it, it was an amazing, amazingly difficult time. The last two, we're pushing three years now. Yeah, I know. Um, the last two years, so difficult, but also so eye-opening. Yep, absolutely. People saw things they never saw before, good, bad, and otherwise. Yep. They also saw things in themselves yep. that they're like, hey, wait a minute. There's an opportunity here. I, I, You go on LinkedIn and you look at jobs or indeed you just happen to look at jobs there are almost every single one is remote. Yeah. And, you know, I know I've known, com- I know a company that has been running 15 years, 100% remote. They get together once a quarter in a really nice location. And other than that, they've been functioning well. So it's yeah. totally doable. Yep, for sure. So what is energy leadership? So energy leadership is how we show up in the world. Mm. So if you, and, and knowing that we can change how we do that. Mm. So thoughts come into our mind, right? Your amygdala pushes it either you usually down into fight or flight, depending right. on if you're stressed or not. And you react in such a way, but if you're able to intercept it, push those thoughts up into the frontal cortex of your brain, mm-hmm. make a decision on how you want to respond mm-hmm. versus that reaction out of stress. It is life-changing. It really is life-changing. So think about, I can tell you, I could probably give you 25, 35 different examples of times that leaders came in to my office yelling and screaming. <laughs> And it wasn't, didn't have anything to do with me. Right. right. Mm -hmm. And so had they approached now, I was in a different situation because when people would come in, I'd be like, sit your butt down, spin it around in the chair. If you want now, what do you, what's the problem? Like get get it out. I would let them get it out. I was more like a therapist sometimes (laughs) in some of these companies. That's right. But if leaders approached every situation where they took a minute to pause, mm-hmm. think about what's happening. And they can only do this if they know their core values, because you understand what's being triggered. Right. But you really have to live and breathe those core values, because all of a sudden, you're like, what, this is happening. Mm-hmm. And you're and you keep it from going down into a fight mode. So you're yeah. not going to react, you're not going to stress out over it. I understand what's happening. I get it. For example, 
my core value of respect is being compromised. Okay, I am going to respond now. If you give me a minute, I'll be right with you. It's super calm versus someone comes in, they're interrupting me, they're pounding me on the shoulder, whatever it feels like it, like a gnat in your ear. Mm -hmm. Like, if you give me a minute, I'll be back, right? Like, look at that. That is like a total reaction. And what does that do? It triggers the other person's emotions. Exactly. So you need to be able to control that. And if you can do that regularly with everything, when the guy cuts you off in the street, which is happening so much nowadays, I don't get it. Mm. People are being so careless. We're in California. I don't know. They're driving like worse than ever before. And it's (laughs) almost like they're, they feel they're the only ones on the road. Right. So how are you going to respond versus react to that situation? Yeah, and when we respond, we're controlling it. We're taking mm-hmm. charge of those thoughts that enter our brain. And we're, we're um, responding in a way that we want to, not in a way that we'll have to take back the comments or a tone that spilled out of our mouth that we wish, you know, that saying people will maybe forget what you said, but they'll never forget the way you made them feel. Yep, for sure. If you can stop that in, the tr- in its tracks from happening, that's energy leadership. Yeah. That's controlling your energy, taking charge of it. I think I learned that whenever I was young. I, my sister and I are very close in age and we shared a room and she um, was a different personality than I am. And she would egg me and I would always react to it. And finally at around high school, I just decided, you know what? I'm just not going to respond. I'm not going to react. And that was deflating to all of the energy she had. And it, it took yes. away all the conflict. And, and it was a technique that I use for the rest of my life now to, to deal with things. I'm so glad you learned that early on. Because mm-hmm. if, you, if you fuel, if you react, you're fueling the flame. Mm-hmm. Right. If you don't, what happens to it? Yeah, they can't right. argue with themselves. Yep. Well, good for you. Mm-hmm. So how do you flip the switch on your thoughts and your feelings controlling your mind? Pretty much what I just mentioned, when thoughts come in, Mm -hmm. you take charge of it and you flip it up, flip Mm -hmm. it up to the front where you know how to make those decisions. You've taken classes. You remember when you were, you know, sharing a room with your sister. Oh, I remember how this feels. You're, 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 you're understanding that feeling and that value that's being compromised. And then you respond versus letting it go where it should be. So you flip that switch. You're going to be showing up glass half full. There's so many other ways to, did you have something you want to say? I was just going to say, it's really a technique that I have a teach when for speaking. And that's just take a breath, take a pause. Pause. Yeah. It doesn't hurt. Yeah. I tell people the same thing when they're interviewing my interviewing one-on-one mm-hmm. clients or classes and technique I teach with them is you don't have to respond the second the person stops talking. Yeah. You take a deep breath, gather your thoughts. And if it's easier for you to say, Oh, good question. Just give me a second. That's okay. You can say that too. Mm-hmm. What that tells the interviewer is that you're not going to be spewing things out of your mouth all the time. You actually are going to think about things before you say them. So Mm -hmm. that's a technique that us as who do interviews, we interview people. We look for things like that. Can they control what they're going to say? Do they pause before they say something or do they just say whatever comes on their mind? 
So it's actually take, you can also, it's, it's great technique in an interview or speaking or mm-hmm. at any moment, just pause. Right. For sure. So what is the biggest challenge running your own business has presented to you? So I have January will be 18 years. <laughs> <laughs> so hard to believe sometimes. And The hardest part is me reminding myself because it's me, myself, and I often doing Mm -hmm. these, the three of us brainstorming (laughs) even, and it's um, just because I can doesn't mean I have to. Just because I can do that task quick and easy because I've done it for so long doesn't mean I have to. Delegate it to someone else. So I can work in and function in my zone of genius, right? Right. And so sometimes it's challenging because I have had a lot of people work with me and I do still. And when it doesn't get done, (laughs) I'm like, I should have just done it myself. And every time I'm like, no, Jeannie, remember, you don't work alone. And so it's not that it's not necessarily I'm controlling the process. It's let's just get it done and check it off. So I have to, that's probably been my biggest challenge um, is just because I can, doesn't mean I have to let anyone else own it. So you can own other things. And that's, what's hard as a, as a business owner. And Um, you're also training and and giving opportunity for that other person to grow and and to learn and to expand. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. But after a couple times of them not meeting the day that it should be done, that gets kind of, I can, I know how, you know, it is to manage employees. It can be frustrating. So you just have to figure out another way. And I always coach my leaders to ask them, what is it that you need from me in order to get that done by this time? Right. Is something I can do? Can I share? Can you want to pick my brain? What's holding you up from getting this done? Right. And then coach them on techniques on getting it done. <clears throat> and then sure. the, the other thing was when I first started not having that, that direct deposit in my account every other Friday, you know, as a, as you go out on your own, you, you bill and you invoice and then you get paid. So that was, you know, a whole new thing. <laughs> while I got used to it. (laughs) Yes, for sure. What is the one thing that everyone can do to improve? We've touched on this. It's um, communication. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think one word, every single person in every single organization can improve their communication. So whether it be realizing we have two ears for a reason, mm-hmm. one mouth, so listen twice as much as you talk. I coach leaders all the time on, okay, you know, tell me about that meeting. How did it go? Now, when did you say this? How did you say that? And I said, well, you know, what would it be like if you let them finish answering the question that you asked Mm -hmm. how many times does that happen how many times does it happen where you're in conversation with someone and they zone out because they're waiting for you to finish so they can say what's on their mind and if you're doing that guess what 
you can't be fully listening. You can't be fully present and engaged in what they're saying if you're worried about what you're going to say next. Right. There's so much, as you know, to communication. Mm -hmm. So I think that everyone can improve. Yep. I think in the 40 some years that I worked in corporate, that was one of the things that was always on my yearly performance goal was to improve communication, whether multi-level or one-on-one building relationships somewhere, somehow. And there's so much to it. Like we touched on it, like body language, tone, Mm -hmm. pausing, Mm -hmm. there's so much to communication. Yeah. It should be on every company's training agenda every year. Yeah, for sure. All right. It's time now for rapid fire. This is where I will give Jeannie five questions and most of them are very easy for her to answer, but we will see how things go. So how do you rate overall leadership effectiveness today? (laughs) (laughs) I said most of them. Yeah. Okay. Is it a scale of one to 10? Is it (laughs) great? What are we talking? (laughs) Is it an A through F? What's your rating scale? So we'll, we'll just say one through 10, 10 being most effective, one being they needed to think it over again. I'm going to be, because I I can't give more than five and a half, six. Mm -hmm. There is so many areas to improve on. Yeah. And I read so much about unhappy employees because of their leadership style. So I'm giving them a five and a half. Yeah. I think when I think of that question, one of the very first things that I think a lot of companies mess up on is the orientation or bringing on their new person. What expectations, what are, what are you giving them to make them successful? That's the thing. They're like, I I've seen organizations where they bring people in and they say, well, they should know how to do it. Don't they have all this experience and, you know, this education, they should know how to do it. They don't know how to do it our way. Mm -hmm. Spend so much time up front, not just handing them an employee handbook. It should be, here's how we do things. This is why we do things, explaining the culture, telling them, you know, making sure that they are set up for success. Your job as a leader is to coach them from the very beginning so that they are set up for success. Give them everything they need to know and the opportunity to ask a million different questions and then let them run with it. Right. You'd be amazed at the retention you would have. Yeah. And you know, the employee would be, they feel like they belong. That's right. That you would have that loyalty that you so want to get. Yes. How do you stay connected with yourself and others? You well, we all, not you, but we all have to understand our core values. Mm-hmm. If you understand who you are at the core, you are better connected with yourself. You need to know what makes you tick and what ticks you off. Yeah. And you need to really get it. So if that means having the confidence to ask people you know that you've worked with, that have worked maybe for you, whatever it is, at and lived with you, whoever it is, 
give me five words that describe me. And they don't all have to be positive things. Mm-hmm. And then, then you really have confidence if you can go back and ask them why they said those things. Yeah. Give me some examples. So like I did that exercise. I've done this exercise three different times with my husband and I'll ask him what, why is it? It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, to do, that's the 360 for God. <laughs> It's a 360 that you're doing on your personal life. You Mm -hmm. can do the same thing in the work world, like ask people. Mm -hmm. But if you're going to ask people for their opinion, you need to be willing to do something about it. You need to be willing to make a change or next time don't ask them again because they're not going to give you the information. So um, I really, truly believe in order to connect with yourself, which you have to do first before you can connect with anyone else is to really know who you are. And you have mm-hmm. to go through certain exercises to do that. I mean, I did, I did a, a coaching program in 2016. And that's where I really learned about energy leadership. Mm-hmm. And we had to, in order to be certified, we have a leader energy leadership index assessment. In order to be certified to administer and debrief that assessment, I had to take it and be debriefed by five different people. Oh, wow. And that was fascinating because you had five personalities and experience, different people giving you feedback. And it's how you took it in. I learned so much about myself. And that wasn't that long ago. So that was seven years ago. I learned a lot about myself in that process. And it was hard. Some of that growing was so painful Mm -hmm. because I had to break down walls. I had to really like to learn who I was and back to what I said, what makes you tick and what ticks you off? What, what do you have fun doing? Yeah. You know, what are you passionate about? How do you add value? Mm. If you can't really sell yourself until you know what that is. Right. And so right. work with somebody do There's a million assessments out there, work with a coach, work with a therapist, whatever it is to get to know yourself. That's how you better connect. And then when you realize that, things don't feel right. Ask yourself why. Yeah. I'll tell you what the why is your value, your core values are being compromised. Right. Right. So now why are you tolerating it? Mm-hmm. What is it? Do you not have the confidence to stand up to whatever that is? Do yeah, you not have whoever the confidence? It is. Yeah. Or whoever it is, <laughs> yes. or is this job no longer serving me, but I'm scared mm-hmm. to leave because I like yeah. the paycheck. Oh yeah. That'll eat you up. Cause you're not yeah. really happy with what you're doing. Right. Yeah. So who are you? Get to know yourself. You'll better connect with yourself. You can connect with others. Very true. So what's next on your journey? First thing that popped into my mind with that question was I just finished remodeling my house and I do not recommend (laughs) anybody do that while you live in it. It will make you crazy. Okay, wait. I'm going to retract that word because you're not supposed to use that word anymore. And I respectfully made that mistake. So that's, I, I, I kind of, it was a tough, it was a tough six months living in the house while I was remodeling. And it was my choice, my project. I don't know what I was thinking. (laughs) I think it was after 2020 and being in the house a long time, I did that. So that came up, but my next adventure It's interesting because I'm doing like I'm being asked to be on a lot more podcasts. I've been asked to be on like different shows, getting mm-hmm. more media work. 
And I'm like, what is it that I want to do? You know, yeah. I, I, co- I co-wrote, um, I wrote chapters in a couple books and I thought maybe, you know, I haven't really thought much about this. Like what, what is next? Cause I'm just kind of, yeah, you're just living. I'm just living. But I think if I were to write, somebody asked me to write another chapter in a book. And I was like, I think my third one is going to be mine. That's you know, all my, my whole story and, you know, share a lot of what I learned from my mom who passed away last year. Oh, and I, yeah. think, I think that might be it, but it's not on my to-do list yet. So I'm just going to keep plugging away, helping leaders and organizations really identify their culture and then build systems and processes around that so that they can retain their employees and their employees feel like they belong. And it's a happy work world. That's really what I'm going to continue doing into 23. Awesome. And what is your ideal client? My ideal client is one who wants to change. (sighs) willing to change their ways to make change in their organization. So it's not going to, there's no longer those people who it's my way or the highway. I actually don't even want to work with them anymore. So it's somebody who says, you know what, I'm doing pretty good, but, but I want to, I think there's so much more. My staff's telling me there's so much more. That would be my ideal client where I can come in and say, I see this opportunity. I see this opportunity. What about this opportunity? And by the way, based on the people I've worked with in the past, try this, this, and this. So I can be both a coach and a consultant, ask empowering questions to get them to the answers or within, and also advise them based on people I've worked with in the past that have gone down a really successful path. Nice. Have you thought about this? And so my ideal client is somebody who is willing to change, to get changed to grow their organization. Oh, that's so good. All right. It's time now for me to warn all those that are just listening in to get your paper and pencil or paper and pen. We're going to go and share my screen of contact information for Jeannie. So her website is at www.dynamismleadership. Again, that's D-Y-N-A-M-I-S-M-L-E-A-D-E-R-S-H-I-P.com. Dynamicism. (laughs) Dynamism leadership. Dynamism. Ah, there you go. Dynamismleadership.com. If I say it 12 times, I'll get it right. (laughs) She is on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. On Facebook, you can do that dynamism leadership. She is on LinkedIn by her name, Jeannie Moravad. Moravitz. Moravitz. I honest to God, this is just a, a long I, I day for me. Say it. <laughs> <laughs> Jeannie Moravitz Smith. And she is on Instagram at Jeannie Smith777. Thank you for that one. Mm-hmm. She's on YouTube as well. And uh, I hope you all will go to her website to learn more. You can connect to her Instagram, I'm sure, from her website as well. All righty. It's, again, been such a pleasure. So sorry, my mouth's not working so great today, but we've had so much fun. And I do hope that people will go to your website to check out the great things. Um, And I do want you to encourage you to do that book. I think 
it is definitely something that would be of value to people and it would give you a lot more um, people to read the book and then want to do more with you for sure. Definitely. Great information. I love the energy leadership piece and uh, I wish you all the best. Yeah. Thank you so very much. So hopefully you're done for the day. It's Friday night, right? (laughs) I have one, one more. more? Oh my goodness. All right. Well, have a wonderful weekend. Thank you so much for having me. So as always, I remind everyone, uh, life is a journey and it is up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.